everybody. Glad to be back here with you guys. And today we're celebrating what is known by uh, Good Friday. But before that, would you bow your head and close your eyes as we are going to uh, pray together. And I'm going to lead you guys in prayer. Let us pray. Father God, we just want to thank you so much for tonight. Thank you for being able to just praise and worship your name wherever we're at, Lord Jesus. We know that the current circumstances is not pleasant, Lord Jesus, but still you allow us to commemorate what's happening 2020 years ago, Lord Jesus. It's known as Good Friday. And Lord, may this day be so much of a blessing for us, for, for us to be able to understand what happens, Lord Jesus, on that cursed tree. Thank you, Jesus. You bless every, everybody's heart and uh, bless our ears, bless our minds, so that we can be prepared to listen to the Word of God tonight. In the name of Jesus, we pray and we all say, Amen. Amen. All right, and we are celebrating what is known today by Christian worldwide as what? Good Friday. And I would start with asking you a question. What would you do when you know that you only have one more week to live? Well, as for me, I would do what is most important to do before I left the people I love, right? For example, maybe I would prepare my will. If I have a children, I will then tell them to stay faithful in God and to bear much fruit. I will preach about the goodness of God in my church and the people around me. And the list keeps going on and on and on. So tonight, I want to take you to see the one last week of Jesus' life known as the Holy Week. Okay, And it starts from the last Sunday that just passed. It's known as Palm Sunday. We are commemorating what is known as Palm Sunday. So what happened during Palm Sunday? It was the day when Jesus entered Jerusalem on a donkey and the people welcomed him, laying down palm branches and even their garments, shouting, Hosanna in the highest, Hosanna in the highest. In Luke 19, verse 41, this is what it says. As he approached Jerusalem and saw the city, he wept over it. All right, isn't it weird right here? Why would Jesus wept after such a triumphant entry, triumphant greet from the people, laying palm branches in their garments, shouting, Hosanna in the highest, but after that, Jesus wept? There's something weird right here. What's the answer? Because Jesus knew that they are shouting and celebrating for the wrong reason. They are hoping that Jesus would literally reign as a king to overthrow the Roman government. They did not realize that Jesus needed to come to die on the cross to offer salvation to sinners. Moreover, Jesus knew that these people, his own people, are going to be the one who turned him in to be crucified. And the fact that they are going to be attacked from every side that happens in 70 AD. It's recorded by Josephus, one of the most well-known uh, uh, historian out there. In all our history books, Jerusalem is attacked from every side of their corners in 70 AD. That's why Jesus wept. He wept for these very people who failed to recognize who their Messiah is and the fact that they rejected the free gift of salvation. That was Palm Sunday. And what's happening the day after? 
On Monday, it was known by Christian worldwide as a Holy Monday. One of the things that happens, one of the events that happens here is Jesus cleansing the temple. In John 2, verse 13 to 17, I'm going to read it for you guys. Now the Passover of the Jews was at hand, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem, and he found in the temple those who sold oxen and sheep and doves, and the money changers doing business. When he had made a whip of cords, he drove them all out of the temple with the sheep and the oxen, and, and poured out the changers' money and overturned the tables. And he said to those who sold doves, take these things away do not make my father's house a house of merchandise then his disciples remembered that it was written zeal for your house has eaten me up all right this is what's happening on holy monday why do you think that jesus was angry for okay you have to know that during this time people from all over the city they come together this is a passover celebration they come all together bringing their sacrifices the doves the cattle the 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 oxens you know, they, they come and they want to offer sacrifices to God. But you have to know that only the priests at that time to be able to know whether the sacrifices that they brought is clean or not. It's with blemishes or not without blemishes. And we know some of the people bringing their offer, or offerings or sacrifices, some of them are blemished. So they have two options, okay? One, rather they need to go back home to exchange it or maybe somewhere else closer, you know, to exchange this offering or they need to just buy it outside the temple. Well, option number two sounds really interesting, sounds really good because you just go outside and you just buy it. But there's a problem with the money changers and the people selling these sacrifices. What happened? They're selling it at such a high price that the people cannot afford so when the people cannot afford what did they do they probably left home they cannot worship god in the temple at that time so these money changers and the people selling out uh, outside the temple they hinder people to come to god they hinder people to worship god that's why jesus was mad because they were hindering people to come to god by selling at such a high price even the money changers that happens on Monday. Now what happened on Tuesday? It's called the Holy Tuesday. There's a couple of events right here that we're going to talk about. The first one is cursing the fig tree. Matthew 21, verse 18 to 22. I'm going to read it for you guys. Now in the morning, as he returned to the city, he was hungry. And seeing a fig tree by the road, he came to it and found nothing on it but leaves. And said to it, let no fruit grow on you ever again. Immediately the fig tree withered away. And when the disciples saw it, they marveled, saying, how did the fig tree wither away so soon? So Jesus answered and said to them, assuredly I say to you, if you have faith and do not doubt, you will not only do what was done to the fig tree, but also if you say to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, it will be done. And whatever things you ask in prayer, believing you will receive. So what happened on uh, this, this, this event is Jesus teaching his disciples on the importance of having faith and bearing fruits. The fig tree has no fruits, full of leaves ready for fruits but when jesus was there looking for the fruits there's no fruits 
So Jesus cursed the fig tree in front of the disciples, teaching the disciples to bear the importance of bearing much fruits and the importance of having faith while they pray. Another thing that happens here that Jesus teaches his disciples is the parable of the ten bridegrooms. Uh, you can read the verse at home in Matthew 25, verse 1 to 13. But let me sum up the story for you. There are ten bridegrooms right here in this parable. Five wise and five foolish ones. We all know the story. When all of them were noticed that the groom was delayed, they were all waiting for the groom, but the groom was delayed. The five ones have the extra oil to light their lamp because it was dark while they were waiting. But the five wise ones, they have extra oil while they're waiting. But the five foolish ones, they do not. So they started asking the wise ones, hey, can you give me some oil? You know, when the groom comes, you know, I need to be ready with them. But the wise one said, it's only enough for us. I can't share it to you. So you have to go somewhere else to find it. So the five foolish ones decided to go out and to find some oil. When they were outside, the groom come. And guess what? The rest of the story, the groom only picked the five wise ones because he's not going to wait when he comes. So he went to the feast and the door behind them was closed. When the door was closed, the five foolish ones returns, but it was all too late. So teaching his disciples, Jesus is saying to be ready at all times to live with such urgency, to live closely to God, just like the wise ones. That happens on Tuesday. What's next? Happens on Wednesday. It was all known by Christian worldwide, by Spy Wednesday. And it is what it says right here, Spy Wednesday. It is the day when Jesus betrayed by Judas. It was the first time. Jesus was not betrayed by, by people like the first one. No, this was not the first one Jesus got betrayed. But this is the first one that Jesus got delivered to the Jewish authority. It was by Judas. Spy Wednesday. Now, I have a question for all of us here. Okay? My question is, did Jesus know that Judas is going to betray him? Did Jesus know that Judas is going to betray him? Yes! But the other question is, but why did Jesus still befriend Judas up until that very time? I would already leave someone, you know, let's say I'm doing business with somebody else. You know, if I knew that my business partner will betray me uh, in the long run, I will not do business with him. You know, let's say you have a marriage proposal, but if you knew that you, your soon-to-be uh, bride, your soon-to-be groom is going to betray you and leave you with someone else, are you still going to go to the feast, to the wedding? I don't think so. But why did Jesus still befriend Judas up until that time? He know, he knew already that Jesus, uh, Judas will betray him. He is showing his disciples what love never gives up look like. Jesus never gives up on people until Judas finally chooses to give up on Jesus' love to him. Jesus never gave up. He knew, but he still chose to stay up until the end. Wow. That was on Wednesday. How about Thursday? It's called Maundy Thursday. And again, you can read the stories in John 13, verse 1 to 17 at home. And again, I'm going to sum up the story for you, what happens on that particular Thursday before leading to Good Friday. First, Jesus washes his disciples' feet. 
teaching one another to humble themselves in order to be greater, to serve rather than to be served. And the name Mondi was derived from the Latin word, says mandatum, which means mandate. So after washing the disciples' feet, Jesus had what? His last supper together with his disciples. And right there, Jesus gave the command or the mandate to what? To love one another. So on a Thursday, Jesus becoming a role model to the disciples to serve and to love one another. Can we see now? What Jesus was trying to teach his disciples on the very last week of his life. I have a table here for you to see. I think it makes it uh, easier to understand. Start from Palm Sunday right there. You can see that Jesus' triumphant entry, that everybody's shouting, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. But Jesus wept. Why? Because they missed to recognize Jesus as the Messiah to bring salvation. That's Palm Sunday. That's Holy Monday. You can see that Jesus cleanses the temple. What's the uh, um, importance of the event? To help and not to hinder people to worship or to come to God. That's on Monday. On Tuesday, Jesus curses the fig trees and the parable of the ten bridegrooms. What is he trying to teach his disciples? It is to bear much fruit, to live closely to God, and to be ready at any time. Spy Wednesday, Jesus might not uh, 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 orally teaching his disciples like, oh, you know what loves look like? No, but he showed it in front of his disciples that he stayed up until Judas finally gave up on Jesus. Not Jesus gave up on Judas. God never gives up on people. And on Thursday, Jesus washes his disciples' feet and the Last Supper. That kind of like sums it all up. Everything that you, you have to serve and to love one another. These are the messages that Jesus taught his disciples before he climbed up to that cursed tree. And today, it leads to Good Friday. What happened during Good Friday? Jesus bore our sin, everybody know, and he died on that cross. But why are we calling this particular Friday good? Think about this for a second. Why are we calling this particular Friday good? This is in fact the worst day that could ever exist in any human history. God in the flesh was killed by his own creation, his own chosen nation. Think about that. His own people rejected him as their Messiah. They missed to recognize him. Bore the sin of humanity, died a horrible death, crown of thorn as well. It was indeed the worst Friday, but why are we calling it good? All the other days were respectfully aligned with its events, right? Palm Sunday, Holy Monday, Holy Tuesday, Spy Wednesday, Maundy Thursday. But the worst Friday, I think it was, it was supposed to be named Worst Friday, but it was said Good Friday. No one in the world meant it for good. On this particular Friday, no one meant it for good. I'm going to take you through one by one. Everyone meant it for evil. One, Judas meant it for evil. Matthew 26, verse 15. And said, what will you give me if I deliver him, if Judas delivered Jesus to you? And they paid him 30 pieces of silver. Psalm 41, verse 9. 
foreshadowing what's to come, a prophecy about Jesus. This is what it says. Even my close friend in whom I trusted, whom ate my bread, has lifted his heel against me. Judas meant it for evil. Number two, Jewish leaders meant it for evil. Matthew 20, verse 18. See, we are going up to Jerusalem, and the Son of Man will be delivered over to the chief priests and scribes, and they will condemn him to death. Jewish leaders meant it for evil. What's next? Pontius Pilate meant it for evil. Mark 15, verse 15. This is what it says. So Pilate, wishing to satisfy what? The crowd released for them Barabbas. And having scored Jesus, he delivered him to be crucified. I'm going to ask you one question. Does Pilate have the authority and the power to release Jesus? Yes, he does. But he pretends of not having it. He's like, okay, you know, I wash my hands. It's on you. The blood is on you. But he delivered his army, you know, his soldiers to scorch Jesus and to crucify Jesus. That was all his people. Pilate has the power and the authority to release Jesus because for three times he addressed to the crowd that he has found no guilt in Jesus. But still he gave in to the people, afraid of the crowd. So Pilate meant it for evil. What's more, the people, all the people right there, meant it for evil. Acts 4, verse 27. For truly in this city, there were gathered together against your holy servant. Who gathered there? Whom you anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, along with the Gentiles and the people of Israel. You see right there? The Gentiles and all the people of Israel, his own people, meant it for evil. The more Pilate addressed to the crowd, I have found no guilt. What happened? The loud roar even higher, even louder. Crucify him, crucify him, crucify him. The people meant for evil. If I can have uh, Paul help me out right here. So this is what I want to say. Over and in and beneath the spiraling evil of Judas, the Jewish leaders, Pontius Pilate, and the people, God's hand is steady. What man and Satan meant for evil, God meant it for good. Let me repeat that one more time. Over and in and beneath the spiraling evil of Judas, the Jewish leaders, Pontius Pilate, and all the people, God's hand remained steady. What men and Satan meant it for evil, God meant it for good. That is why it's called Good Friday. There is a beautiful, incredible exchange there on the cursed tree. The old rugged cross. God is working for our final good. And it spells like this. S-A-L-V-A-T-I-O-N. Salvation comes. God was at work doing His greatest good in our most horrible evil. His greatest good 
exchange for our most horrible evil. That is why it is called Good Friday. The same thing in this present moment. What man or Satan meant for evil about the viruses or political war. Some people believe that it was a bioweapon and things like that. But what man and Satan meant it for evil, only God can meant it for our good. So should we be afraid? This is indeed a good Friday. This is indeed the day that we are celebrating. I'm not going to be afraid because God is going to mend it all for good. Jeremiah 29, 11. For I have a plan for what? To, for a disaster? To, to, to harm us? No, a plan for a future to bless us. And that is God's plan. Everyone can mend it for evil, but only one who is able to have that inner change. Beautiful, incredible exchange for good. What can our wealth do to us? What can our intelligence do to us? Our possessions and so on. The list goes on and on and on. We are so fragile people. Only God can offer protections and an eternal life. So let's turn to God. Let this moment, this present time reminds us to turn back to God even closer to know him better and better what a good Friday and I pray tonight may we take this time seriously to give thanks to God in every circumstances he has given everything we ever need himself to us his love for us and his salvation let us bow our head and let me pray Father God, thank you so much. What a wonderful last week of your life, oh Jesus. Starting from a Palm Sunday, you are already filled with compassion in your heart. That you wept over your people. You pray for them. If only they could see who their Messiah is. You knew the coming destruction on 70 AD. You warned them and they still missed it from Palm Sunday, from Holy Monday, from Holy Tuesday, Spy Wednesday. You still stay up until the end. You never give up on us. And Monday, Thursday, you wash us, your disciples' feet. What a, what a picture. And you give the last command. Very simple, but indeed, it's very hard for us to do it, is to love one another. So Lord, I pray tonight that we can love one another better we don't want to live a selfish life finally that good friday comes one of the worst that could ever happen in the history of mankind that you have to climb up that cursed tree and you say eli eli lama sabachthani god father father why have you forsaken me the weight of the sin of the world that you bore it's so heavy, but yet you did it, Lord Jesus. And you exchange our sin. You exchange our most horrible evil, and you meant it for the greatest good. Thank you so much, Jesus. It is a good Friday. Thank you, Lord.